0: Oh, hello, America. I didn't see you there because it's through your ears. (laughs) Anyway, it's America's sweetheart. Scott, did you guys know that we have a Patreon? Did you? I bet you didn't. If you do and you're not subscribed, what are you doing? Stupid, stupid person. I'm just kidding. I love you anyway. But go check out the Patreon, guys. You can find the links for it at the bottom of the uh, episode descriptions for every episode, not just one or two. Or maybe even six but all of them go check them out i'd love you forever
1: well and it's funny because it's a lot of the 80s too but now we're really starting to see like some of the the crazy shit wait why he's so why am i we need to edit all of this why am i acting as though spielberg did forrest gump he didn't no but so (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck why don't we both go along with that
0: I don't know actually why we're
1: gonna legit do that again, um, because that's just embarrassing because we already had that problem with Shakespeare earlier. But so, you said
0: it so confidently, and <laughs> it's
1: just so incredibly wrong. All right, let's do let's take take two, um. So, all right, so in '94, Schindler's List wins the Oscar, and Forrest Gump, which is released in '94, wins in '95. So we have Spielberg and Zemeckis running the show at yeah. this time.
0: Yes, um, Spielberg and Zemeckis. That's what we said the first time. That's what we said the that's first the time we recorded this.
1: We didn't do it a different way. <laughs> that was the right answer from the beginning. I always had the whole right. time.
0: Oh, <laughs> um, why don't you take over, Scott? Uh, since I'm, I'm obviously gonna, yeah, drunk. It's just, it's just, what a time to be alive, you guys! <laughs> It's the it's the first official Shakespeare episode.
1: It is technically the first of several, I think, because we're gonna have uh, Clueless, right?
0: Clueless, yeah, we'll have Clueless, which is isn't it the Taming of the Shrew?
1: No, Clueless is Emma. Taming of the Shrew is Ten Things I Hate About You. Ten Things I Hate About You needs to be added right now to the timeline. It's not.
0: Oh, we suck.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh...
0: You know who doesn't suck? The 14 people that voiced Simba in this movie.
1: Yeah, because there were about 14 of them, which we I had to look yeah. up because we've asked this question a few times and not been sure well, about it. Th-
0: the big question was like, did JTT actually sing or not? And he doesn't. I figured that out while I was watching the credits for this. I was like, oh, it really wasn't fucking him. It even like tells you.
1: Yeah, um, it wasn't him, and the guy who it was, uh, who hang on
0: jason weaver
1: yeah thank you no i'm i'm adding 10 things i hate about you to the timeline okay good hang on (laughs) (laughs) that's so not important
0: right now scott that's not what the episode's about it's it's adding things to the timeline calm
1: down down. yeah no so (laughs) um yeah so jason weaver who voiced young simba just i like just read an article about him that he was like a kid when he, he sings for young Simba, right? Like I'm right. pretty sure that um, Matthew Broderick sings adult Simba. Like he's a Broadway guy. I don't see why. He
0: oh, yeah, it. he definitely does. Yeah. 100%. So
1: but Jonathan Taylor Thomas does not sing as young Simba. So Jason Weaver as a kid, his mom Like, they were going to pay X amount of money, whatever it was. And his mom was like, "Mm, or we can set up a royalties deal because Disney always re-releases their shit. So, him and his kids now are just set for life forever. Yeah, yay, Jason Weaver's mom. Hell, yeah.
0: Jason (laughs) Weaver's mom pulled a George Lucas and had the wherewithal to look ahead. Let's go. Yeah,
1: this guy makes, like, a bunch of money now and all off the royalties from Lion King. So, very cool. Um, But, yeah. Here I talk about the Lion King. I'm so excited.
0: Lion King. Um, my apologies to you, Andrew and Matt Damon, our schedules conflicted and, uh, they couldn't be here. So we're doing this without you.
1: I didn't know we were getting Matt Damon.
0: I didn't either. Um,
1: that's a big grab for us. You'd <laughs> think is, we would have adjusted our schedules. I know
0: you would have thought that we would have tried to figure that out, but, but no, 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 we're divas. <laughs> We stick tight to our guns and our insanely loose schedule over here.
1: Yeah, because we're so strict. Wake up and yeah. roll out of bed. Scott, what time, do you... Scott, what time
0: are we doing this? Today? I'm making a know. mimosa. What,
1: are what do you want to yeah.
0: do? I'm fixing my goddamn house. What are you doing?
1: <laughs> making a mimosa. I'm getting ready to talk about the most perfect movie of the renaissance.
0: Honestly, it's been a long time coming, but I actually think we finally have arrived at the perfect renaissance movie. I, I genuinely think like we talk about it all the time like no you know it was it was the line area it was uh it was little mermaid no it was beauty and the beast it's no it's it's this dude
1: yeah a hundred percent this is like quintessential like this is disney like this is yeah i'm really excited to talk about this one um tell me about this movie there's too many names here for me to pot- possibly attempt this this is the this saw is you baby
0: I figured this was gonna be uh, me for a while. No, um, hard so, for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, directed by Roger Allers and Rob Minkoff, written by Irene Mechie, Jonathan Roberts, and Linda Wolverton. The film stars Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Matthew Broderick as Simba. I do want to reiterate, guys, that Matthew Broderick is Broadway trained. He he absolutely sang his own shit.
1: <laughs> what a good pick. What a perfect cast. <laughs> it is. Choice. It yeah.
0: really is.
1: Yeah. I love Matthew Broderick.
0: These were great picks, too. Fucking Jeremy Irons as Scar, who also does his own singing. Uh, And James Earl Jones as Mufasa. Perfect. Uh, As well as, I forgot that this was her. I honestly forgot. Um, Featuring Whoopi Goldberg as Shenzi, the only female hyena in the whole movie. Cheech Marin as Banzai. Nathan Lane, love you to death. As Timon and Ernie Sabella as Pumbaa, who I'm going to be honest with you guys, I don't know who that is.
1: No, me either. He was like the one no name,
0: yeah, director
1: cast person.
0: Well, and he's great as
1: Pumbaa.
0: He is, and that's I was kind of like, should I
1: know you? Do, have I seen him? Nathan Lane was really brilliant casting. I though. love Nathan Lane. Yeah, another Broadway guy, right? Like,
0: yeah. Well, he and Matthew Roger would go on to work on the producers. Yep, together. Mm-hmm. So you know. And I, I love Nathan. Oh my god!
1: And basically, all these guys come back for both the sequels, which is very cool. Like, yeah, that's
0: what I was going to ask you. So, you watched Simba's Pride and one? It's one and a half, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, of of course I did.
0: Of course you (laughs) did. You know what's really funny about this is I asked on Reddit like a couple months ago on like r slash Disney, why is Timon? an outcast because the movie never fucking addresses it and then someone was like you've clearly never seen one and a half and i'm like i apparently i clearly haven't so. yeah
1: it's we'll talk about that imminently all of all yeah. of these questions because i had that same question um answered thoroughly in one and a half
0: see here we are again with disney movies answering questions we kind of thought we knew we wanted uh with their sequels they're directed to well no that got re-released in theater anyway i'm getting off no these were both
1: directed. to DVD, VHS sequels. I don't think the one okay. and a half or Simba's Pride ever had a theatrical run, but they are both really, really good. Like I would for sure. Simba's Pride is dope. Yeah, Simba's Pride is like. I'm gonna go ahead and say this. I know you're gonna be upset. Um, this is better than King of Thieves. Or Return of Jafar.
0: Oh, all all day, every day, it's better than Return of the Jafar. But I think it would for me. I think it's on par with king of thieves the only reason i'm saying that honestly is because king of thieves is just so funny
1: i yeah okay because robin williams is in it i'll give you that like i that's true
0: the music in simba's pride is dope though he lives in you is literally one of the sickest songs ever
1: yeah simba's pride was really really good um and the reason that i think i would put it over king of thieves is the animation quality like the production quality is a lot higher they put a lot more it's also came out in the early 2000s yeah. anyway we're all we're, we're gonna talk about this i'm like all over <laughs>
0: place. Okay. let me tell you guys about what we're doing here okay let me hit you guys with a plot because no one knows this story it's never been told before in the history of ever haunted by his father's suspicious death hamlet prince of denmark must work with his two best feet, besties rosencrantz and Guildenstern, to present prevent his evil uncle claudius from i think i'm hmm. wrong no nope, wrong, wrong version that's wrong that's the wrong version <laughs>
1: You guys but get the basically,
0: point. Yeah, you get the point, you guys. Okay. <laughs> this is literally, it's fucking Hamlet with animals. Like, that's literally what this is. Yeah. And everyone's made that joke since 1994. Okay, we're coming up on 30 years of people making this fucking joke. I get it, guys. It's the same joke I make when people tell me that Avatar is a really good movie, and I tell them that it's literally Pocahontas in space.
1: It's, I would argue strongly that it's more and Gully, but we'll see when we see the way of water in two weeks.
0: Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> but... Yeah, I think I do think, though, like, as as done to death as as that joke is, <laughs> and, like, I think that um, it's actually important to just point that out in the beginning here, because I don't yeah. want to beat a dead horse with it. We all fucking know this is Hamlet, but also it's worth acknowledging this is Hamlet because that's why it's so good is like that's Shakespeare is yeah. good. Shakespeare's stories are really good, like they're they're basic uh templates in a lot of ways but they're great it's why uh we really like um what's that story <laughs> no and also i just realized that we previously referred to emma as being one of the shakespeare which it wasn't i was kind of no. like what are
0: you talking about No,
1: uh, clueless is based on emma but emma is jane austen um yeah so that's <laughs> that was weird um that we put that in the same <laughs> bucket Jane Austen
0: Shakespeare, whatever, Uh,
1: but like 10 things I hate about you. Like there's a reason that that movie is so fucking awesome and that we love that story. And it's because of it's uh, Shakespeare story. Like that's taming the truth. So yeah. So Hamlet's Hamlet is really good. Um, and the lion King is really good. You can stream this and both the sequels on Disney plus. Yep. Very exciting. Mm -hmm. um, there's a bunch of other like Lion King shit on Disney Plus too. Like there's some sing-alongs. Yeah, was and there's a show, right? Yeah, and I didn't check it out, but it looks like it was based off of uh Simba's Pride. Like it's like those characters.
0: Mm, okay. Um
1: so all of that shit's on Disney Plus. Very exciting. Let's go to the timeline.
0: Let's go to the timeline. 1994, we were going to be here only one time, but Scott made an executive decision.
1: Yes, we have added one more film for 94 that we'll do next week, slightly out of Mm. order. Uh, Slightly. But 94 was a really big year, and it is exciting to move out of 93, because we were there for a really long time. Very true. But um, 1994 had a huge amount of stuff going on that people will recognize. So South Africa holds its first multiracial election after the end of apartheid, and Nelson Mandela is elected president. O.J. Simpson flees (laughs) police in the white Ford Bronco. The IRA ceases military operations in Ireland. The Civil War in Rwanda kills half a million people. The Channel Tunnel opens between England and France. Nancy Kerrigan is attacked by by tanya harding's goons
0: i was gonna say yeah by like
1: not by tanya herself of course but but by her sketchy husband and his goons um god i tanya is the best movie ever and then uh, (laughs) the the playstation was released and along with netscape navigator for those who remember so that's that was the biggest internet browser at the time so this is really kind of the birth of the internet with netscape navigator in the early 90s
0: thanks al gore
1: yeah right (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so, the internet is here. it's very the very internet exciting, is here. um, yeah, we've made it, <laughs> yeah, and the year of o j some oh wild shit, so yeah I read that and was
0: like, this is the only important thing that, happened. <laughs> like, that shit is so insane that it's, we're finally like here talking about this like, it's
1: a huge cultural touchstone for for millennials yeah. and stuff, like I definitely remember in ninety four hearing this stuff on the radio and the news with my mom, oh, yeah and being you know we were what we weren't even 10 right We were like so. no
0: i wasn't not even close dude i was like maybe five or six i just yeah. remember like this famous running back is like fleeing for his life and you're like what the fuck
1: yeah i was seven but i remember it really well and of course this goes on for the trial would go on for a little while we would have been like yeah eight into the trial like because it's gonna go on for a couple of years but uh
0: the infamous Chewbacca defense and everything.
1: The Chewbacca defense, the Ford Bronco. Um, the Lion King. This is some wild shit.
0: This is some wild shit.
1: 93% on the tomato meter and a 93% audience score. Dead dead even.
0: It it's the first time it's happened, and it just goes to show you like we we're so biased on this show.
1: <laughs> like, totally.
0: The internet has spoken and yeah, we were never right. Like, dude, holy shit, being so wrong about Mrs. Doubtfire has thrown my whole life into
1: like, Yeah. Into, into chaos. Think, but I thought this would be higher, honestly, on the audience score, but it's interesting that it's the same.
0: Makes sense. And the only reason I think it makes sense is because it's I hate saying this, but it's so old at this point. I feel like people are just like, yeah, everyone knows that story. Like it's it's good. It's a good movie.
1: Anyway uh in in 1994 Schindler's List wins the Oscar um and Forrest Gump which is the movie released in 1994 wins in
0: 95 yeah
1: uh, so Shakespeare or sorry Shakespeare
0: We're really
1: killing it today <laughs> I'm doing great i really, so yes <laughs> the smimosa's fucking doing it for me spielberg uh continues to run the show into the 90s uh
0: he really does. I feel like the 90s should just be called the Year of Spielberg. If you guys want to like get... If we release a box set for the season three, it's just going to be called the Year of Spielberg. In 95, Elton John and Tom Rice won best music for Can You Feel the Love Today. Tim Rice, and Hans, what the fuck is wrong Tim, with us? What is happening right now? I don't know. Now? Go
1: again. <laughs> oh my
0: God. In 90, no, I'm just... I'm living with it. I'm accepting it. I'm going to bed with it. Wow. Um, Hans Zimmer, which I fucking knew before I even started watching this movie everybody okay over there what the hell was that
1: it's just it's just drunk it's fine everybody's right. fucking
0: <laughs> radical
1: <laughs> it's just i'm having a mimosa that's all you yes. need to know <laughs>
0: uh han zimmer won best original score <laughs> elton john and tim tim rice were also nominated for Hokuna matata and circle of life which this is where I'm confused, because I thought by this point we we had confirmed that the Academy said you can't do that.
1: I thought so, too. I was confused by this as well. I was like, how the fuck did you bang three, yeah. three nominations? But I, I
0: got to think, like, in 94, the only other things, like, animated movies that were coming out was shit from, like, really shitty movies from Universal, like, Thumbelina, The Swan Princess.
1: Yeah, but um, this isn't limited to Ammonation. An- Oh my God! (laughs) (laughs) In the Emmys, Picket Fences wins again for best drama. So we said that so many times in '93. I'm starting to feel like Picket Fences was the only thing on TV. But it's it's, it sounds (laughs) like it. (laughs) Uh, And then Fraser Fraser took home best comedy for '94. I Um, so
0: I want you guys to know this real quick. Just a little fun fact about me: I love that Fraser won um, an Emmy because it's a spinoff of Cheers, and I fucking love Cheers. And it's one of the first successful actual spinoffs on television.
1: Yeah, it is, which is very cool. Like it's a like properly successful spinoff that people don't recognize as a spinoff. It's made like over a billion worldwide. This movie it made finally the broke Lion a billion. King. So much fucking money. Um, and yeah, this was the top grosser. Obviously, Forrest Gump came in second. But what a year! That right? makes sense. Yeah. What a year for theaters. Because um, oh, Philadelphia came out also mm-hmm. in ninety four, so or maybe Philadelphia came out in ninety three and it was winning Oscars in ninety four. Um, because it is a perfect movie, it doesn't have a warning. Uh of any, any kind.
0: Very true. There's actually nothing really going on here. Um.
1: There's, there's no also.
0: Smoking.
1: Yeah. There's no smoking. Well, I think that's what stops it from having any kind of warning. Is that. There's no cultural insensitivity. I mean, yes, okay, there's a conversation we have about the hyenas and things like that. I'm not discounting that these conversations exist. We're not going to deep dive them today. I just want to say I know that's there. But apart from some stuff like that that um, didn't warrant the major warning per Disney, I would have to think a lot more about it as to whether I agree. But Disney did not give it the big warning. Um, And... uh, yeah, there's no humans in it to smoke or to do anything else like untoward. It's just, you know, so it's all it's all good.
0: I do think it's funny that you bring that up. This is just a little fun fact for you guys. It was not part of the rumor requirement. I just want everybody to know this. This is the first official Disney movie to never fe- feature a human being, either physically or by name.
1: Right, because even like lady in the tramp there's people aristocats there's, there's
0: people, people even aristocats um Socks even the bambi hound. the whole point of bambi is ma'am
1: yeah you're right there's people there's no humans in this movie whatsoever you're right that's mm-hmm. interesting but uh yeah no warning on this one that's awesome also not a lot happening in the parks um
0: yeah and i mean it's kind of tough to do that to be honest with you, like, no one is bipedal, so it's hard to, like, have someone like this in a parade that isn't just animatronically on a float.
1: Yeah, but I'm thinking about rides and stuff, not so much the parades and Yeah, characters. but how do you do a ride
0: for this? Like, the only ride you can really do is, like, a 3D adventure through the Wildebeest stampede.
1: You could do a dark or... ride, like a story. You could do a dark, dark, dark ride. ride. That's true. Yeah. Just, like, all of them. I mean, most of, most of the movies that do have rides, it's a dark ride, and, and it's usually, like, the older, like, golden, silver age stuff yeah um something we've definitely learned on this pod is that there's like a lot fewer character themed rides than you would think yeah Um, but they do have a lot of like lion king shows and experiences and stuff and basically all of animal kingdom which i know you haven't been to but like animal kingdom's fucking lit and yeah i
0: thought it was like modeled after
1: like i mean Basically, like it might as well be the Lion King park. It's just that it's more like it's supposed to be real, so it's not right. the Lion King. It's but it's like there's a lot of Lion King stuff in Animal Kingdom, like just like the whole and the whole vibe and like yeah. All right. Anyway, we've been talking for a half an hour and we're not even anywhere fucking close to Let's the movie. get out of here. What? No, we're not ready to get out of here because we have to talk about oh, we sequels. Have
0: sequels, son of a
1: bitch. So, The Lion King Two: Simba's Pride came out in 1998, and the and I. Had thought that had come out later, but um, and then yeah, Lion King One and a Half came out in two thousand and four, so that surprised that me. Sense. I remember that. I thought that One and a Half a came run- out first.
0: No, because that was it was like the middle of me being in high school. I remember that because everybody's like Lion King, and I'm like, this movie's been out for like a fucking decade. What are you guys talking about? <laughs>
1: um, One and a Half. So basically, Lion King to Simba's Pride is Simba's daughter falls in love with. We'll talk about this in the rumor requirement, not Scar's son due to incest concerns. We'll discuss that at length in the rumor. Oh,
0: yeah. Okay. I was like, wait, what?
1: He's basically Scar's son, but he's not. He's like they say it many times. Scar is not my father, even though I look just like him and I represent Scar. He's not my dad. And it's like, right, right, because then you'd be cousins. And then we can't say that on TV. So Yeah. Right. So (laughs) they're uh, But. Uh, yeah, basically it's like Simba's daughter falls in love and has like this growth, whatever. And then One and a Half is really fun because it's got Timon's backstory. It starts with Timon as like a young meerkat. And then it follows him meeting Pumbaa and you see all of the events of the Lion King happening in the background. Like you see Simba get presented to, you know, the Circle of Life. Bit. Oh, yeah. Um, And you see. I think. I think you see the stampede. Yeah, there's a few other bits that you that you see, and then he meets Simba, and then it's like about them raising Simba, and you get like some of this like stuff in the background. Like, so it kind of takes place along the same timeline as as Lion King, which is super fun.
0: That's hilarious. Uh,
1: And it ends when Lion King ends. Like, it's a Lion King one and a half is like actually really really good. I like watching Timon and Pumbaa raise baby Simba, and it's like they get up every night because Simba has to pee, and Timon has to walk him like across that log where they oh, do yeah. uh, Hakuna Matata Hakuna and he grows up and they have to go every night they go over the log and Simba goes to pee and they come back and Timon goes, we're going to grow old on this log. It's gonna- <laughs> 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 so, like it's one and a half is pretty funny. Uh, Simba's, uh, Simba's pride is also really good. I just, I think I prefer one and a half and it looks great. Like I said before, yeah. the production quality on the sequels, particularly one and a half. Cause at that point it's Oh four. When they're using the computer. Yeah, uh, exactly. Looks fantastic uh and i like these sequels a lot i don't know whether they're better than cinderella three a twist in time which is like the benchmark i like that the lion king ones look really good like that that goes a long way to help the the overall shittiness but let's go into the movie because holy god
0: cause holy shit i'm gonna be
1: here for the rest of time <laughs> i'm gonna grow old on this podcast <laughs>
0: Yeah, so we are super serial this time, guys. This this is the best movie in the Renaissance. We're um, so
1: serial, so super serial. Like, I- it did take us a
0: while to get here, mm-hmm. though. I do want to acknowledge that we went through some pretty fucking great movies. Yeah, we did.
1: Here. And we have some great ones coming up. Like, I don't want to... Be like, we haven't seen Mulan yet. We haven't seen Hercules yet. But I just decide that this is the yeah. best of the Renaissance. <laughs> like, I want to acknowledge that, that at least those two really big movies are coming. But I got to say, like, I'm pretty convinced Lion King's better than either of those. And we're not going to find anything better. And yeah. be like, oh, surprise. Actually, Hercules has the best <sighs> character arc of the Renaissance. I don't think that's going to happen. So I, I feel confident that we can now say this is the best. It's the best score. It oh, it best. absolutely
0: is the best score. Fight me on this one, guys. It's Hans Zimmer. Are you kidding me? I would listen to this shit even if I'd never seen The Lion King. By the way, I mean score. I don't mean soundtrack, because there are they are different. The soundtrack for this movie is banging but
1: it's maybe not the best of the whole Renaissance, though.
0: <sighs> it's definitely not the best of the whole Renaissance, but it does have some bops. And yeah, we will be fighting about this later on, guys. You better fucking believe it. This does have the best villain song.
1: No, let's fight fucking right now, because this is what let's I want to Fight talk right about. Like, now. Where where is Here this movie go. the Pay-per best view. and where is it not the best? I think it is the best score. I think it has the best bad guy. Absolutely. Uh I think it is the most beautiful. Mermaid is very beautiful. I think this is the most beautiful. So- Aladdin's very pretty also
0: yeah but Aladdin's pretty in like sparse points like them getting off of the carpet at the end is fucking gorgeous or the flyover of Agrabah is really good but it's not the whole time yeah you're right this always has see but dude like I struggle to say that this is because I'm remembering like Atlantis and like Treasure Planet and
1: those are not renaissance films
0: no, I know. Um, of the i also remember Hercules, and Hercules is fucking awesome too. So
1: we're gonna okay. So maybe we have to hold out for Hercules and Mulan on Most Beautiful, but I, it's yeah. very much up there. It is no, it is. It's
0: gorgeous, absolutely.
1: Definitely the best plot and character growth. Though I want to recognize Mulan, like I do. Think I, yep. I maybe we're holding out a little bit for Mulan on that, but I think so. um, but I think Simba's character growth is better than Mulan's. I think Mulan is like as as the princesses often are, like pretty fully baked. Whereas Simba has, like, a lot to overcome and, like, lessons to learn. Like, I think he has the best arc. Mulan just needs everyone else to get on her level, just like the other princesses. Um, But I think that Simba has the best, like, character growth. Um, I also think think this
0: has... Mm, Go ahead. I think a big part of it, too, is we get the counter to Jasmine in Simba. Jasmine didn't want to be a princess... Yeah. at all
1: simba's like dying for it Simba's
0: like bruh i want to do this but then he realizes like <laughs> this is the kind of shit that happens if you're a king fuck out of here yeah no shot i'm going back to that life
1: he has the best the best growth there's the most yeah. tears and the most laughs and
0: i'm gonna push back on most laughs i'm gonna be honest with you i laugh harder at the jokes in hercules than i do in this Okay same well, and mulan actually, okay, so
1: hold out, hold so maybe best so far, but we're holding out. I don't yeah. know, also, there's a lot of laughs in Aladdin, but
0: it's true, but I did laugh more at this one than I did in Aladdin, and I think um, we're back to that that part of uh Disney, where we are getting those like one liner life lesson kind of things, um like ironically enough, Ursula had one, the only way to get what you want is you know to take it or whatever but in this it's yeah the past can hurt but you can either learn from it or run from it or learn from it and it's all these things that are like you learn stuff while Simba's learning it and I think that's what makes it so good is you're like dude this isn't like a fucking far out there story this is like a kid is traumatized by something and he doesn't want to face it and a lot of times we don't want to face the things that
1: fucking scare us so here we are yeah he's like a proper coming-of-age story like he has properly has something to learn um okay so where i think this isn't the best though i agree soundtrack i think that's gonna go to either mermaid or beauty and the beast at this point we got to see what happens in mulan and hercules i know there's a lot of bangers
0: Um, uh i'm not gonna say a little mermaid but i will say beauty and the beast and aladdin
1: Aladdin has a good soundtrack too. Yeah, this one is not the best soundtrack. Let's let's say that. Like whoever is the best, yeah. I don't know, but it's not this movie. They have the best score, but not the best soundtrack. Uh, I'm going to save our fight. I think that uh, the best "I Want" song goes to Belle. but oh, I oh absolutely
0: absolutely I do like
1: Simba's version, but I think Bell wins. Right?
0: I think Bell wins, and only because it it also helps you like get into the movie. Whereas Simba's is just like we've been here already. Like I get it. Like you're just I, like yeah, it's a proper "Why I Want" song, and that's fine. But
1: Bell's like opens the story. Bell's like, like fucking cool. She's
0: an outcast, and we find out that the town thing. She's fucking bonkers, and like oh yeah, I I have to give it to Belle.
1: Yeah, and I also because so. it's
0: very Broadway.
1: Yeah, exactly. I like that about it. That it's the opening song that like breaks into her I want song I like the way that they do it but I do like Simba's version of this that it's like so optimistic and full of anticipation rather than Mm -hmm. longing which is the traditional I want song yeah like he knows
0: it's coming he's just like I want to fucking do this shit now
1: think about like reflection or part of your world where it's like (sighs) everything's hard and I want this other thing Simba's like my life's gonna be fucking lit bitches he's excited
0: fucking wait oh my god Simba's
1: like he's gonna get And I guess for the record, I guess we should say these things out loud. Simba's I want song is I just can't wait to be king. And it's all very like pre-baked. Like he definitely is going to get the thing that he wants. Like he knows that. Yeah, it's it's a foregone
0: conclusion. It's not like there's something that's going to fuck this up for him.
1: Yeah. That he knows. That he
0: knows of. Yeah.
1: So now let's fight because I think the best bad guy song is Poor Unfortunate Souls of the Renaissance.
0: So the imagery in this song is Phenomenal. The imagery alone in the scene where Scar sings be prepared is so fucking good.
1: But it's also like the Nazi imagery. I, like,
0: no, I and I get that. You, and that's, I'm just like, but like think about it like this: they got away with using something so evil as the Nazis. In a Disney movie to prove the point of how absolutely nefarious this plan is.
1: Which, for the record, is something that they continue to do all the time. It's actually very true. Like, it's not even like, okay, yeah, okay. Like, sure. Disney does that all the time.
0: But also, Ursula's is like, and don't get me wrong, I love Ursula's, but Ursula's is also kind of like, at one point, I feel like she's almost trying to, like, fuck Ariel like you know what? no she's kind of like she's like fuck her over i don't mean like oh okay you know, i'm like
1: whatever. wait what she kind
0: of tells her whole plan to ariel and you're like is ariel just like fucking dumb
1: yeah but so the, just the song like poor unfortunate souls is way more fun it's more upbeat it, it has like a lot more happening in the lyrics like i, I be prepared is good I enjoy it a lot. And I watched it very carefully because I knew we were going to have this conversation. And I was like, Scott fucking loves Be Prepared. Why? And, like, yes, it looks cool. The, the like, the imagery is hardcore. You know but- what I think it
0: is? I think I finally just figured out what it is. We don't get villain I want songs because that wouldn't make sense. But th- this is that's basically what Be Prepared is. We find out everything about Scar. We find out that he's a fucking egomaniac. Um, He is like, he is insanely intelligent. But like, he's also so full of himself. Like, dude, my favorite line of the whole song is, I'll be respected, saluted, seen for the wonder I am. Like, yeah. no one told him that. He just grew up fucking thinking that. Like the hubris behind what he does is incredible to me.
1: He has like major Damon Targaryen vibes. I'm gonna give yes, you that. he does. Like he really yes, does. He does. He, yeah, the the Claudius archetype. Um, <laughs> yeah, is pretty because like that's what it is, right? Like that's. Mm-hmm. Like it's and I like when he says, but we're talking kings and succession. Successions, and yeah. I'm like, oh, that's hardcore. Like I like that. Like let's get into some shit. Like we've never dealt with the succession war, basically in Disney. Yeah. Like that's never been a thing. Like the royal family is very like even when when the princess is lost it's like you know she comes back and everyone no one contests her
0: oh yeah no one face. was like um you've been gone for like six months what the fuck
1: no one in sleeping <laughs> yeah. beauty was like i know i'm the king
0: <laughs> yeah nobody's <laughs> like, like dude like, you're telling me we have to wait 16 years for a fucking queen get the fuck out of here to be fair the wasn't
1: everybody left. asleep <laughs> Like, was it?
0: only know. at the end they only put him to sleep while they're uh, trying to fight Maleficent. After what's his face gets kidnapped, I feel like
1: that's like most of the time that she's. Anyway, um, yeah. there's not. This is kind of our only war for succession. So I did like that, but I, I think we're just. I I don't know. I just. At I was this point, like, it's just a ma- matter. This is no, and I get
0: that. And that at this point, it's just going to be a matter of opinion. I just, as someone who is like a huge history buff, and the way that they snuck in this unapologetic Nazi like imagery while still, and I'm also like, I'm a huge fan of like backup and like choral vocal vocals. And that's what happens when they're singing to scar. And yeah, I, I that's think,
1: true.
0: I think that's just it. The whole song just sounds really good. The problem is when you're listening to it, like on Spotify or whatever, that part isn't in the song, like the soundtrack version. You have to watch the clip from the movie to get the choral vocals. Which is kind of irritating. That's but weird. It is very weird.
1: It's also just a lot of like it's more speaking than it is singing. Yeah. Like, I just think Ursula is just better. I just think it's like more. Well, it's definitely awesome. more of a
0: song. Yeah. yeah.
1: So on that standard, I'm like, I think Ursula has a better bad guy song. I don't I know. I get you. That. I just I don't like the Nazi imagery that much. It's just like, uh, yeah, OK.
0: I'm not saying like, again, and I feel like I have to defend myself because I said this the last time we were talking about this. I'm not Pro Nazi, okay. Obviously, like, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not like, yeah. This is what I've been waiting for. No, I just love that Disney somehow found a way to show how evil someone is, and parents weren't like, "Oh my god."
1: That's true. The way the what it um what it evokes in terms of the fear and Scar's menace. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's done well. I'm not saying it's not done well. Mm. It's just not the best villain song, Scott.
0: You're just no, wrong I. About that.
1: I, you don't have what else are we with up
0: with No, I'm, I'm never going to agree poor with that. Poor Unfortunate you, like,
1: Souls. <laughs> That's what, what you're... Yeah, Poor Unfortunate other, Souls, No, 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 no.
0: What other villain songs do we have, though? That's what I'm Gaston. saying. Gaston. We have Gaston's, which is also a banger. We have Poor Unfortunate
1: Souls, Gaston.
0: Be prepared.
1: I think, though, that what we're learning from this is there are actually very few in the Renaissance.
0: There are actually, if we're going by specifically Renaissance, it's just Little Mermaid, Lion King, Aladdin, Pocahontas, and Beauty and the Beast.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which I think makes it, my ranking there would be top three definitely Poor Unfortunate Souls, Gaston, and then probably be prepared. Like, I don't think it's the worst. Like, I, but I think it would, I don't know. I might, I think I enjoy Gaston more. But even that is like, it's it's sort of a song about the villain more than it like gaston doesn't yeah. really sing during it so it's
0: he sings at the end but like no i get that like if we're talking about villain songs that sing it really has to come down to be prepared or uh poor unfortunate souls at that point if we're going specifically off technicality i do have to give it to "Poor Unfortunate souls because be prepared is literally just him talking most of the time
1: most of it. It's not very singy, it's fe- which mm-hmm. I think is why I don't like it as much. I'm like, it's not a bop. Like, it's really yeah. cool. It's a dope scene. But it's not Poor Unfortunate Souls. I'm glad that, you know, as usual, I'm right. And we can just. <laughs> <I'd be> like- <laughs> That's an interesting discussion, though, that like there's for as famous as the bad guy songs are and as much as we think that they're really Renaissance Renaissance thing. Yeah. Well, I-, I also want to say in terms of the best I want song, um, while well, I know that we just gave that to Belle. All time, like that's Renaissance. in the Renaissance. Bell gets it all time. I want to see if we have the same one. What's your all time? I want my
0: all time. I want song. Because mm-hmm.
1: I have that answer. No fucking problem.
0: Oh, this is tough, dude. This is this is fucking tough. Let oh, damn it, you are putting me on the spot here. It was just like fucking me up. But...
1: I know, I know. I was like, well I've got a fun question for us because this episode's gonna go on for an eternity, and I don't, care.
0: dude. Oh my God! This is... Oh, I know what it is. No, I can't believe it took me this long to figure it out. I cannot believe it took... Of all time, the best "I want" song probably uh-huh. has to be "How Far I'll Go."
1: Damn fucking straight! It is. That's correct. That's the right answer, Scott.
0: Yeah. Okay. It's it's got to be how <laughs> that Far that might I'll be go. the
1: best yeah. song in Disney.
0: Uh, yeah. I don't know about that, but
1: Ooh, it's up there.
0: It is. Talk to me about how to write well.
1: How to write good. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that irritated the shit right? out of me. I just, it's on
1: purpose. I know it is. It's called I irony.
0: The only thing that would have been funnier is if you spelled right as in right turn. <laughs> but
1: uh, that we'll would have pissed me we'll off. We'll fix too. that now for when we put it into the yep. – uh, for the Patreon. If you want to see our hilarious notes, um, sign up for the Patreon and you can see the innermost thoughts of our brains. Um. Yeah, so this movie is like, I think what makes it really stand out now that we're fi- 57 minutes into this, and so we start really talking about the, the meat and potatoes of this movie. Yeah. There's so much setup and payoff. Like, the writing is just really good. The loops get close. The themes pay off. Like, it's fucking glorious. And I understand that this is really basic, but think about Aladdin, which was the last Disney movie we talked about. And most of our discussion on that was like, here's some setup that they don't pay off. Here are all the right. ways that I wish this yeah. had been slightly different to really be great. And Aladdin is great, but there were a lot of thematic threads that didn't get explored fully. And in this case, all of the themes and the Chekhov's guns and all the rest of it are plot. They all pay off. So a brief summary of some of the things that pay off in this movie. Simba and Nala's like pinning each other and I laugh in the face of danger. Yeah, Yeah, that beautifully comes full circle and is super important for their like relationship uh the kings and the stars obviously yeah. and everyone's relationship to that and the way that they use the score in those scenes is particularly brilliant the way that you can mm-hmm. transition from a matata to just like mufasa music that already 35 minutes into the movie we identify as the mufasa music like it's it's really oh, well done yeah. with that like when they lay down and they talk about Puma's like, the big balls of gas up in the sky. And Timon's like, don't Everything be an asshole. big
0: balls of gas yeah. to you. I think they're fireflies stuck in that big bluish black
1: thing. <laughs> um, All of Scar's threats. And yep. that, I think, is why Be Prepared is so good, right? It, like, to give credit to your argument is that we get in Scar, and we'll talk about this more, but his sort of, like, we can tell he's a bad guy, but he's also, like, has a relationship with Simba and like is mm-hmm. not it's like of all the things Mufasa tells Simba not to do go hanging out with Scar is like not on the list like yeah, it's not big. one of them yeah like he's trusted reasonably ish right mm-hmm. uh and all of his threats then pay off and we get be prepared and it's like oh this is what this asshole's up to because we don't really know up until that point we're like are you a bad guy or are you not a bad guy or are you just kind of a douchebag like you didn't go to Simba's Welcoming ceremony, but that's it. That's the only thing he's done bad up to the point of be prepared, other than be sketchy. And then we get this yeah. like exposition of his evil. So, like I in that way, you're right, be prepared is like really sick. Like it might be one of the best uh scenes, if not villain songs, in terms well, of like it's, it's answering all questions. Like, it's- yeah, motivation, like yeah. telling us who our bad guy is and like what his deal is. Like that he has a villain song that doesn't take place in the presence of the protagonist gives us this dramatic yeah. irony of like, Oh my God, I know what you're up to and nobody else does. And that doesn't happen. You know? Yeah.
0: That actually, I, I didn't even think about it like that, but yeah, like the fact that we are privy to what he wants to do and we have, like, it's one of those things where like you have, to, you can't, it's like it's watching a scary movie. You're like, dude, don't go in the door. Like he's on the fucking other side. And it's like, dude, don't go into the fucking Valley. He's going to kill you. Like it's, it's shit like that you're like no please don't do this
1: and we get some <laughs> scenes with ursula with the eels and stuff where she explains what she's yeah. saying but scar has a lot more of enigma around him because he's involved with the protagonist which we'll talk about later but um yeah super super good all of his threats get get wrapped mm-hmm. up nicely and come back around simba's roar comes back around uh yeah the i just want to do whatever i want theme is paid off fucking gorgeously very across well. all the players very very well so much better than the themes in aladdin um the existence of rafiki so is a <laughs> here's
0: what's fucking hilarious to me i actually forgot that he's and this is like so stupid to me because he's obviously he's the one that lifts up simba but i forgot he is in the beginning i thought he would like for some reason in the back of my mind i was like no He's the the crazy like lunatic old man that teaches him the life lesson after he can't talk to his dad. But then yeah, I was like, like, no, he's fucking here like all the time.
1: Yeah, how's you he's like an important part of like the royal structure. Like, how'd you forget about him? No, i raising I, I, Simba over like he's the one who holds him <laughs> over Pride Rock. Like I
0: know. I I think I was just like, yeah, this is all about like Simba right now. I don't know why it isn't been a while.
1: You know what's cool about Rafiki? Everything. Well basically well yeah his existence like a lesser film would have just had him there in the beginning and then never again oh yeah or, never showed up again or like you described he would have been like in the end but not the beginning this actually yeah. wraps him up and like kind of like kind of low-key like what you know show don't tell explains like who he is like he's obviously like the royal fucking mystic guy right yeah. and Brandon's, like he yeah. has he has like a role like he obviously has a role Um, even though he's not around with scar obviously because he would like cut that out but he's no he's like their uh he's like their pope
2: yeah
1: right like he's yeah so first of all that
2: just
1: he's totally the pope (laughs) like everything and then scar came in and like changed the religion yeah but um first of all that just like the fact that he's here but also the fact that Rafiki is this like much more evolved, intelligent, adult friendly version of like fucking Hey Hey, who I hate. And he, oh cause God. the kids loved him. Like when we were kids, Rafiki was like the whole thing, like the crazy yeah. monkey and like all the shit that he said. And, like he hit everyone on the head with his stick. And like he was the character that was like the minion of this movie where the kids were like, oh, I love that. Like, you know, there's like a stupid yeah. fucking character in all these movies for the kids, <laughs> And you're just like, oh my God, I know that like this movie is otherwise really good, but what are you doing here, Hey Hey? Like, oh why God. are you part of this? I wouldn't movie? even say it about Hey Hey. I'd hey, say it hey, about hey, the hey.
0: fucking pig because they touted the pig as being part of the story, and we only see her at the beginning.
1: Yeah, well, but so great. I wish we hadn't seen Hey Hey through the whole movie. No, like <laughs> that Hey Hey is that character because it's there for the kids to see and laugh at through the whole thing. And there. Rafiki was that in The Lion King, which is just speaks to <laughs> how much like it's so much more like highbrow. Like it's just I fucking hate Hey Hey. And I just really think Rafiki shines in the role as like the thing that the kids all loved yeah. that was actually really intelligent and part of the plot and mattered. So, like, Rafiki.
0: Aside from like, you have to think really hard about it level stuff, there really aren't any plot holes in this movie.
1: No, there really aren't. The ones except that are like, there, we're going to talk about in Rumor Requirement, but yeah, there's not a lot. Yeah,
0: there's only two technically that.
1: We'll talk about it when we yeah, get we'll down there. Later. But the point um, is that it's that mostly they're not there, right? That it's written really well. All the loops close, the yeah. themes track, and there really is like the one theme, right? That's like responsibility, and that you can't be. What does it mean to be king? Like that's yeah. what the you theme of run this away movie from is. Your problems. Yeah, and like what does responsibility mean? And like it's it's very very good. And yeah, there's not a lot of plot holes in it. Like, it doesn't leave so much up to like, what does this mean? Like Aladdin, where I think we were uh, like, it was hard to even gather our thoughts on it because it was like, oh, I see yeah. all of these cool things, but d- did they really pay off in the plot? Like, it's there, but is it really there? And The Lion King, like, it's really there. <laughs> it's not. Like, yeah, yeah. In well, The Lion think about it King, it's
0: like you get introduced to someone, and you're like, okay, what's your deal? And then at the end, you're like, oh, cool, so your deal paid off. Like Timon and Pumbaa were like you know we're lazy i don't want to do this you know i don't want to be involved in any of this shit and then like their payoff is like them being friends with him was a huge part of why he succeeded so it is this like massive payoff for them
1: well because they take on responsibility right it's all about responsibility and Hokuna matata and like it's very like it's not super complicated but it's really 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 well done. Like you don't I think the point is that you don't need it to be super complicated as long right. as you pay it all off. Like they have like a solid through line that impacts all the characters, right? Like Timon and Pumbaa, Nala, Simba, Scar, they all and Mufasa obviously, they all deal with like what is responsibility? What does it mean to be a leader? What like they all deal with it. Yeah. And they say it out loud, right? Like so it's like it's it's so well done. Um <laughs> Let's talk about Mufasa. 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 Because you have to say it like that.
0: Ooh. Yeah. I mean, you're not allowed to.
1: <laughs> to say it otherwise. Yeah.
0: You can't say it any other way. Mufasa.
1: Mufasa. Um, he's such a good dad. It like physically hurts me. Um,
0: <sighs> He really is. It, it just. Before the sun's up, he's your son.
1: That's like so funny. like one of the
0: funniest fucking things. <laughs> the the there are so many like so fucking true parent jokes in this there's also like i love that this movie and it like it it's not even about like being a good dad it's it's just being a good king and we see that in stark contrast when scar is king and he's got zazu locked up and he's like forcing him to be what zazu willingly was for mufasa and I, I yeah. think it just shows, like, yeah, he's he's a he's a great king, but he's an even better dad. I also just like the joke that Disney makes fun of itself for how fucking annoying the "It's a Small World" song is.
1: <laughs> it is one of their <laughs> first, like, more meta jokes after after the Genie's transformations to Pinocchio. In oh, into Hawaii. Pinocchio! He's
0: like, yeah, right, huh? Woo! Yeah, I, yeah,
1: yeah. And Muf- So when when Mufasa gives Simba the lecture mm-hmm. about the hyena attack. Yeah, And then like explains the stars and all the stuff And the music swells And they're like chasing each other around and playing And I'm just like, oh my god, I'm not crying, you're crying It's, like, yeah. it's so good It's so good And his death Has to be the most tragic moment In Disney, right?
0: I'm not going to say the most But it is one of the First times that we've ever seen A Disney movie <clears throat> Where not only does the Protagonist witness the death they are capable of being right at the body they can literally go see it bambi yeah, cannot return to his mom no. aladdin has no idea where his parents are bell we don't even find out what happened to her mom if you watch the live action you find out she died from the plague but <sighs> ariel same thing her mom is just dead but this the is the first time we like that die yeah. in a movie Oh, yeah, this is the first actual parent death we are legitimately visually confronted with.
1: What do you think contends with this for most tragic Disney moment?
0: Uh, Megara dying in Hercules. That was awful because he gave up everything for her to keep her safe, and she died trying to keep him safe. I can't wait to get
1: to Hercules.
0: I know, me neither. I don't. Um, I
1: love that movie, but I don't know it like the back of my hand like these ones. Like it wasn't.
0: See, we don't get to the parts that like make like the adult shit that or like the shit that makes me cry until like we hit like Toy Story three. So okay, long, yeah, partner. Like, okay, is literally okay. There. One of the hardest things Toy to
1: Story three. You just won. Yeah. Toy Story yeah. three is worse than this. That's the right answer. I'm like we need to do some fishing. That's yeah. it. that's it right there. That's. <laughs> Toy Story 3 when he oh my fucking god Bro. when he's like this is Woody and he's really special and I'm like my childhood it's god
0: watching him just watch Andy drive away and just oh saying, my god A partner I was like
1: I am not okay <sighs> no that's not okay that's worse than Mufasa's death you're right I would I, just, actually I think I, I was sitting yeah.
0: next to my sister watching that I was like
1: do you think he's gonna turn around and regret this I took these two kids I was nannying for at the time to see Toy Story 3. Oh, God. Uh, Yeah, and I'm, like, the adult in the room with these two kids, and they're, like, I mean, they were, like, three and five. they're not going to And I was just, like, oh, my God. They're, like, are you okay? And I'm, like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Genuinely, no. So, no, those two moments, yeah, like, in terms of, like, what really makes me, like, cry but the thing is like with when i even rewatching the lion king like i for sure cried when mufasa died but not like i cry for toy story 3 in that moment in toy story 3 it is like ugly cry like it's bad like there's sounds like it's like well, I'm yeah fucking and i
0: fall i think that. the big part of it is like oh this is a sad moment like this kid think and a big part of it too is like you have to acknowledge like simba thinks this is his fault so, like, you you have to, like, you inadvertently put yourself in that headspace of, like, dude, what would I do if I felt like I had, like, caused, like, my dad to just, like, fall off this cliff? But. Yeah. The, I think the big reason that Toy Story 3 hits harder is because we were there from start to finish. We were there from Andy getting Buzz and the Buzz and Woody friendship starting and then protecting Andy. And then we were there when Jesse and Bullseye showed up. And Andy's, like, love for toys continued. And then we were there when we watched him grow up and acknowledged that, dude, we do the same thing that Andy did with his toys. We donate them. We give them away. We stop playing with them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's very real. Like, that's, yeah. like, hits in the feels. And, like, he's driving away to college. And it's, like, everyone who grew up with that movie at that time was having their quarter-life crisis, right? Oh, yeah. like, I know I was, like, at 23 yeah, or sure. whatever when that movie came out. I was like, nothing's okay. <laughs> I don't know who I am. Like, yeah, like there was some real like meta shit that made Toy Story 3 hit hard. Um, Yeah.
0: And I think that's the big thing. Like, I'm going to tell you guys right now. And dad, I hope you're listening to this. I've never thrown. I've never caused my dad to get run over by a stampeding herd of a wildebeest. So I can't physically put myself or like I can't emotionally put myself in, in Simba's fucking head. But I can acknowledge that this kid just lost a parent and we watched it happen
1: yeah well, and even as someone who has lost a parent yeah uh toy story is harder, mm like there yeah like there's something about that (laughs) man like that's that that's like the real shit i god watching that is sober like that's like the where you can guarantee i'm gonna cry hard like really not just water maybe a couple tears but like really i'm gonna cry it's toy story 3 oh yeah i mean there's there's
0: plenty of movies i can count like oh i'll cry like meet the robinsons him choosing not to meet his birth mother that's fucking rough
1: I still haven't seen that one. Oh, God, it's so good. Everyone says it. I'm saving it for the pod. Like, the reason I haven't watched it now is because, yeah, now I'm intentionally holding off. Um, But, yeah, Mufasa's death is really up there. I saw a TikTok the other day, actually, of a little kid, like maybe four, Mm -hmm. watching The Lion King for the first time. Oh, I'm watching this whole scene and she's like yelling at the screen she's like but he's gonna be okay right like they're gonna Man. save him now he's gonna save him right scar's gonna save him oh my god it's not gonna what's gonna what happened to his dad and she just starts bawling like she yep. was like it was uh, this is a fucking moment in disney so that's super hard um i don't really have anything other than that to say about like do we have anything else to add about mufasa specifically before we get no, into no just that agenda? it's
0: voiced by james earl jones and it's the first time we've seen him be a good dad. <laughs> <laughs> Everything up to this point, we're kind of like, um, yeah, the he doesn't have a breathing problem in this movie, um, and he it's doesn't true. wear black, and he, he is try not to Darth kill Vader. His son. Yeah,
1: he's very happy, and his laugh is great, and his whole like he laughs. His the whole ha ha ha. His whole vibe as a dad, though, was like ten out of ten, right? Like he's oh, he's absolutely, crazy. yeah.
0: It's you know what it is. I think it's the support and the acknowledgement that he's like, dude, I understand. Like you want to rule this stuff someday, but like you have, I'm trying my best to teach you like responsibility.
1: You know what I would support? Mm-hmm. I'll support a Mufasa Lion King. Prequel. Yeah, Mufasa prequel. Yeah, okay, like, let's
0: go. I thought about that did... the first time I was watching. I was fucking watching this last night. I was like, why? I want to know what his dad was like.
1: Yeah, I want to know how he learned all these important lessons and like what he's thinking when he looks up at the stars. But I guess if we want to see that, like, it's the same as like Simba in Lion King too. Like, I'm sure it's it's Circle of Life, right? It's like I'm sure I'm sure we would actually find that movie totally derivative and obnoxious.
0: <laughs> like we've been here before. What the fuck?
1: <laughs> yeah, but I would love to like have some information about it. Like I would love like a one paragraph explanation of like, oh, and yeah. this is what Mufasa's life was like. But yeah, he's he's awesome. Like he's just such a such a thing for Simba to live up to and like so let's talk about Simba cuz Simba is such an incredible character like i think he really is the best disney character of the renaissance without a doubt and then we could debate which this whole episode is is like what's the best cuz the lion king is so close to being there like i i don't, I don't think, I think
0: there is anybody better than him as far as like things people learn because you got to remember what we've got coming up from here is hercules pocahontas and Mulan. And Mulan in was too, right? in the right the whole time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Nothing she ever did. I mean, obviously, if you want to look at it from a legal standpoint. Yeah, she fucking lied to the government. But whatever.
1: Mulan's just about everyone else getting on her level. Yeah. Have which is basically what her. we've
0: had up to this point. Get on Ariel's level. Get on Belle's level.
1: Which is on... a very cool message, right? Like it for is. the early 90s, like for where society was of just being like, no, like I am enough. My, like, what I want is worthy valid. and valid. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's an important lesson that I think we maybe take for granted now because societally, that's kind of a given.
0: Yeah, you kind of get that. And I think these movies helped us without realizing that they helped us. Because if you look at it, Pocahontas was in the right, too. Everything Pocahontas wanted, whoops. there was never a problem with what she wanted. Like, she no. was like, I want to know... Dude, the struggle is that hers is very similar to Ariel's as far as like, I want to know more about the world and I want to see things beyond what I see and I don't want these things decided for me.
1: But it's similar to Ariel too. It's a lot of the, like a growth story for John Smith, for instance, like a lot of the growth in these princess movies is happening outside of the protagonist. And the Lion King is not that, which I think is what part of what makes it so great. And I love that about the princesses. See any of our prior episodes on Disney. Yeah. But I think that the reason the Lion King is so good uh, is that on top of having awesome music and awesome animation and like a lot of fun, like all of the Renaissance movies have, it actually has that setup and payoff in the story that's like right there. And so Simba has the best character arc, right? So he.
0: Well, and up to this point, and I don't mean to keep cutting you off, but up to this point, we have never seen a a protagonist humbled in the way that Simba gets humbled. He yeah. lived the life of luxury. He didn't Jasmine didn't get yeah, that taken right. away from her.
1: You're right. He had like he's the first other than like Snow White, I guess. Like and that's like That's different. That's, she got she
0: was a princess, she got turned into a servant or whatever. Aurora grew up thinking she was a lowly peasant girl. Aladdin lived that life all the time. He wanted to get to where Jasmine was. Jasmine didn't appreciate what she had.
1: Yeah. So usually it's about trying to get out of where you are. And then we see that come back in Pixar later. Right. uh, Where, and actually we'll talk about this more at the time, but like a lot of the reason that you see these stories in Pixar about like trying to be unique and different and seeking out your special, unique, different life Uh, is because they developed the technology to do crowds. So that's why you get Bob's Life, Ants, uh, the Bee Movie. Like there's a lot of these movies about like hive animals and like breaking (laughs) out of like here. Like that's like a whole thing, right? Because they developed the technology to do crowds. Um, So a lot of stories in Pixar are about being unique and being being able to stand out from that crowd. Like a lot of the story is driven by the technological advances, which is very cool. Uh, Well, at this time, what they're using, the technology that they're using to make that scene with the Wildebeest and all of the other computer generated stuff um, is software called Pixar, which will turn Mm -hmm. into Pixar. And at this time is still being funded by Lucasfilm. So, yes all of that is happening. Mm-hmm. Um and and so for Simba, like his main theme right is that you can do whatever you want when you're king. Yeah. And Mufasa tries to teach him when they do like the everything that you see is your kingdom. Like he starts giving these lessons about what it really means to be king. What it really means to have responsibility. That's not just doing whatever you want, that it's a it's a lot lot more than that and they just barely start to cover this before mufasa dies and simba leaves, right? Right. So he never actually gets the benefit of like learning what responsibility really means. Simba?
0: No, he gets like that one lesson from his dad like you someday I'm not going to be around forever kind of thing. Foreshadowing.
1: Yeah. And yeah, for real. And like they they never they never get a chance to really teach simba what it means to be king and that it's not just about doing whatever you want. Which is yeah. totally what he believes, and I can't wait to be king.
0: Oh but yeah, tells he basically old, says so it to morbid. his dad. He's like, "I thought a king could go wherever he wanted."
1: Exactly. Yeah,
0: that's uh, the whole thing. Is like, oh God, it's just it's so well done, and I think it's because it's for the first time. It's not like, oh, I'm not a weird bookworm that like the whole town hates, or like I don't collect hum- weird human shit.
1: Yeah, Simba's not a weird oddball. Simba is, like, totally ready to do this, and he just needs to, like, learn what it really means to be king, and then his dad dies. Yep. And so he never gets to learn it the natural way. Like, if Mufasa hadn't died, Simba would have been, like, a fun prince that, like, goes on adventures and then, like, learns to settle down and take on responsibility, and it would have all been very, like... Yeah, not a not a movie that they would have made, right? But because yeah. of what happens and Mufasa's death, he never actually talks to anybody about what happened after what after Scar manipulates him, right? Scar like fucking gaslights him, yeah, he and does. he never talks to anybody about what happened. So he believes his whole life that it is his fault that his dad died. Like he really believes this cause, because move because. Fucking Scar tells him that and he tells him to dip. And so he spends his whole life holding on to this responsibility for Mufasa's death and he loses track of what responsibility to the kingdom means. Like he feels like he mm-hmm. can't go back because of this responsibility he thinks he holds, but he's forgetting about the responsibility that like he does need to go back because of mm-hmm. like it. He completely loses that lesson. Uh,
0: you know what else I really liked about this? This isn't one of those, and we see it because it's a huge comedic point in Hercules. This isn't one of those, if he comes back, if, if it's good. This is the hyenas tell Scar Simba's dead. Yeah. And no one ever has to worry about him coming back because for all intents and purposes, he fucking is dead. Yeah. This isn't about Simba like, I got to get back and I got to fix this. Scar has no reason to believe that anyone will ever rise up and challenge him.
1: Nope, none. Like, he completely thinks that he's won.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Simba has no idea that everyone thinks. He has no idea what's going on because he's yeah. so brainwashed he by everyone Scar. Like,
0: yeah, he, well, and that's the biggest, I think that's the biggest, like, heartbreak about it is he, up to that point, he never believed. Until Nala comes back, actually. He never believed that Scar was the bad guy.
1: No, he has no knowledge of that. He's yeah. just like, man, my uncle was really trying to help me out when he kicked me out of the kingdom. Like, he has no... <laughs> idea. Yeah, when
0: he told me to get the fuck out of here.
1: <laughs> no concept. It's And it's so interesting. Like, Scar can even brainwash and, like, trick him once he's grown and comes back. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, and he he never really tries to explain the full context of what happened. He just accepts blame totally. And it's like,
0: yeah, he doesn't if, even tell Nala when Nala comes back. He's like, it's my fault.
1: Yeah. He's like, I killed him. It's totally my fault. And he, he doesn't ever even cause he, cause he refuses to think about it. Right. Mm-hmm. That he, he doesn't even ever realize for himself that like, Even if Scar hadn't had this evil plan, even if Scar had honestly just been like, your dad's going to come down, we're going to party in the gorge. Like if that had actually been the plan and Scar was a good guy and Mm -hmm. Mufasa just, whoopsie, died by the wildebeest and Simba survived, that that's still not Simba's fault. Yeah. Like shit happens. And that is maybe the one thread that never gets picked up in this movie because everyone sort of, Scar later says, no, it was me who did it. And Simba's like, cool, it wasn't me who did it. And they never really sit down and say, no, Simba, you know, regardless of whether scar had planned this yeah you're not responsible for this like, well
0: and like his mom that's the other thing i don't get is like there's there's all this relationship with the dad and there's almost no relationship with sarabi like why wasn't sarabi like where the fuck is my kid where have well, you been she this accepts
1: whole him as dead and when oh, i know like, but when he comes
0: back she's like oh my god like where the fuck have you been and then when he's like i'm the one that killed dad
1: She's um, like, it can't be true. Well, yeah, in that moment, he doesn't take. The, there should have been an extra couple of minutes where he's like, I was in the gorge. He came after me. It's my fault. And have them be like, no, bitch, that's not your fault. Like,
0: Bro, are you for real?
1: Like, <laughs> yeah, that's even if Scar didn't like. Intentionally oh, yeah. Not even if he never outed off Scar. Off.
0: Yeah. He's well, still going be like, what he the like fuck?
1: grabs him by the paws and flings him off the cliff, right? Like, Scar yeah. like actually murders him. But even if that hadn't happened, like, it's just not Simba. I don't fault think anyone
0: it. would have blamed him. I think, think- that's like the yeah.
1: No, of well, course not. He was even if again, it, let's pretend Scar was a good guy. Simba's down there with an adult. It's not like Simba ran off. Like it's a story about like how Simba. Oh can't yeah, it's not the elephant game. graveyard. Like, yeah, exactly. It's not like a repeat of that. Um, so maybe that's the one place where it doesn't totally close the loop because I kind of felt bad for Simba. I was like, you should yeah. still know that like Scar or no Scar, that wasn't your fault. Like, it's got to be
0: one of those things like they had the conversation after the movie ended kind of thing.
1: I like, like to believe that. And I yeah. I would give any other movie a lot more of a hard time about it. Because I'm like, oh, that's like, that's too bad that they didn't close that loop. But. I mean, it's
0: not the big. Uh, the, uh, see, that's why I'm like, I'm not upset about it. Because it isn't really the biggest problem. Because, yeah, like it sucks or whatever. But like, it, he was a kid. So to him. It doesn't matter what anybody's going to say. He's lived with that for so long that he is obviously going to be like, no, dude, you guys are fucking insane. You weren't there.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like he's, he's internalized it so much. And then he clings onto the Mm Kunamatata like way of life to the point where he's like, he's so like on the brink of actual death. Oh yeah. And like, so totally on the wrong track of like how he's understanding what just happened. And he's like a kid and he's alone. And then he gets presented with this Hakuna Matata, Hakuna Matata uh, way of life. And he's like, great. And he internalizes that so much that he just like compartmentalizes his whole identity as king until he has no idea how who he is anymore. And, and Simba says this, right? This is what is done really, really well, right? He says, I've been running for my past for so long. I don't know how to face like what happened.
2: Yeah. Like he says that to Rafiki. Yeah.
1: yeah. And it's like, yeah, exactly. Like you don't even understand what just went on right now. Like and but then he like does all the things and faces all the challenges and like I like integrates his two identities and like fully self-actualizes and it's just he's like the best character in Disney, right? Like he's oh. Simba's awesome.
0: Here and I'm going to use this as my segue. Um The best part about him is, yeah, he might have had this, like, realization, like, I've got to go back and I've got to face what I've done and shit. But even after he gets back, Scar is still phenomenally able to gaslight the shit out of him. Yes. still is like, oh, dude, you're back. Like, that's insane. Thank God you're alive. But also, (laughs) did you tell everyone that this is your fault?
1: Yeah, let me immediately start manipulating you because he had a really solid plan that that yeah. worked to the point so, that even when Simba unexpectedly returns, he's able to put it into action.
0: That is actually my favorite thing about Scar and also my favorite thing about the flaw with Scar. And this is actually why he is low-key my top – and he is the third in my top three favorite Disney villains. He is so fucking intelligent. He had – everything planned out the biggest flaw he has is he cannot think on the fly and the big the biggest point to that is immediately when his life is directly threatened he grasps onto whatever straw he can and that straw unfortunately happens to be it wasn't my fault it was the hyenas they made me do it they blame me and they overhear him and he's like oh fuck
1: <laughs> Right. <laughs> so like you're right he doesn't think on the fly very well he's more of a head planner yeah
0: he is he is he's calculating he's cunning literally even watching this as an adult i forgot that how cold the sentence kill him was
1: oh my that god
0: So hot like it was awesome but also
1: spine tingling
0: i just read this in your notes and i want you to know this is how much i love you and how much like this just like happens um in my day-to-day life Every single time that he talked to someone, I was like, dude, is this guy, is fucking Littlefinger modeled after Scar?
1: Dude, he totally is, right? This whole thing where he's just like, like he won't challenge Mufasa because he knows that he can't win that way. That's their way. That's not how I'm going to win. I'm like, yes, dude. Like Ramsey does the same thing with Jon Snow, right? Refused to take on that straight up challenge because you know you can't win like that. You have to use your cunning. It's so badass. Like, I think he's unique in that Scar's a bad guy who's like in the family unit, right? Like yeah, Scar's like the,
0: trusted. He's the first villain we've had where it's like, oh, you're not this outside force. You're not Maleficent. You're not pissed for being pissed. You're not, or well, like is just evil for being evil. But yeah. like, and you're not Ursula, who was scorned or, right. but also has this delusions of grandeur. Or or Gaston, Gaston.
1: everybody kind of hates. Like you, like Belle knows that Gaston's a like a not a good guy. Yeah, Yeah. and then you have Jafar, who he's definitely in the unit, right? Like as Grand Vizier, but Jasmine knows he's a bad guy. Yeah, everybody's kind of like,
0: no,
1: except for the Sultan, but Sultan doesn't really know. He's He's not the main character. Yeah, but but. Like, Mufasa is like, oh, there's one in every family is what uh, Zazu yeah, says, Zazu. right? So it's like, yeah, fucking it's, yeah, he's kind of a douchebag, but I I definitely have the upper hand over him. Like, Mufasa is not scared of Scar. You know, it's like yeah. all fine. And Simba totally loves Scar and is allowed to hang out with him. There's never a oh, line yeah. that's like, eh, maybe don't hang out with your uncle. Like, he's not great. He's totally in the family unit. And he's unstoppable because he's so smart. He never gets himself into a position where Mufasa could be like, all right, I'm going to kill you. Like I'm fucking done with this or exile him or take him out of the picture at all. It's like, no, oh, he's my brother. Like, yeah, he's kind of a fucking douchebag. Like, but you know, whatever. And he, he explicitly says, no, I'm not going to challenge you. Yeah. When it comes I'm to brute strength, to I'm it it at all.
0: the shallow end of the gene pool.
1: Yeah. Which is such a funny line. <laughs> Uh, and the way he moves after that line is so realistic. Like, they they brought in real lions to, like, model after, right? And, uh, he, God, like, the way he moves is so real. Um, but But Scar's, like, the most effective bad guy, right? Like, him and Ursula, I would think.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Easily.
1: Like, Ursula gets kind of unlucky in her loss, right? Like... But she gets really, really close. I think. Uh, here's the
0: thing: Ursula only gets what she wants for a small amount of time. Scar literally rules for what we can, in- basically, realistically think is how long does it take for a lion to mature? Like, I have no Ten years.
1: Idea. Probably a lot less. But sure, yeah. go
0: on. That he he for all intents and purposes he technically wins. He He's ruling. He's killing it. He's killing the game. Gaston never wins. Maleficent never wins. Ursula kind of does, but it's taken from her literally 10 minutes later.
1: She doesn't rule for a decade or like, well, yeah. no, like you said, it's probably like five years. Same with um,
0: Jafar. Jafar rules for maybe a day.
1: Definitely not more than that. Like, mm-hmm. And and ultimately, his failure is, like, his gross mismanagement of resources, mm-hmm. right? Like, if he'd been able to run things effectively, like, everyone thinks that he is the rightful heir to the throne, which Simba dead. And if he had just, like, managed, like, the Great Valley correctly.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> here's where one of the two theories comes in. One of the uh, enduring fan theories. Uh, and it's very Black Panther-ish, actually. When Mufasa dies, there are a lot of people that think that he actually becomes a god because he can shut off the rain. But oh, in his,
1: interesting!
0: As soon as Simba comes back, he turns the sprinklers back on, like and it,
1: like immediately. Killing Scar allowed them to problem. pay their water
0: bill. Like I, that's it's that's interesting obviously it's supposed to be an imagery of like the rightful King is back and the land acknowledges it and everybody's connected and all this stuff. But there is a really interesting theory that Mufasa is this now omnipotent being that can't help directly, but he can remind his son what he's doing there.
1: I think that like symbolically that that makes sense. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, that, I mean, I just like the symbolism that like things are right now like the line of succession no, has that's, been corrected and yeah, obviously that's what it is it and, yeah but i mean i'm down for like a super meta like sci-fi explanation about mufasa and it, like, yeah, that either one great.
0: works for me like i'm that not totally like Oh, uh, that's weird was he just like hallucinating mufasa in the clouds like i don't know but like he clearly has a conversation with him so something mystical is there whether the movie acknowledges it further or not
1: Totally. I mean, they're supposed to be like the stars are the dead kings and he's like, he appears in the clouds and speaks to Simba. Like, it's definitely like that's happening. Like, that's why I say Rafiki's like the Pope. Like, he's there's a religious (laughs) thing happening in the Savannah, no question. Yeah.
0: And like, you get this, you you get this, um, this sense that talking to his dad and being reminded like who he is helps Simba like acknowledge like, maybe this wasn't like entirely my fault. But it's not enough for him to be like, oh shit, like a living, breathing, physical person just told me, nope, that's not true. You killed your dad. Even though you tried to come back here and you tried to do the right thing, you still got to live with the fact that you killed your dad.
1: Yeah. He has like a spiritual experience that brings him to understand which responsibility is the important one. Exactly. Is it who you are and your responsibilities as king and it's actually very Game of Thrones because Daenerys has a very similar thing at the end of the last very book true. where she's like, the dragons know who you are to you from Mary Master. Um, so, yeah, it's like the responsibility to be who you are and to, to be responsible as king versus responsibility that he perceives for Mufasa's death preventing him from doing that. Right. Like that's like his right. spiritual experience awakening him to like which thing should be more important.
0: Well, and like to bring it back around you know, off the 800 fucking U-turns we just took. Um, (laughs) It really does kind of come to The realistic part about it is if Scar had not, if his, if his plan had not ended at become King, like if it had literally not been like kill Mufasa part two, I don't know, part three, profit profit. Like (laughs) he he, genuinely Nala never would have left. Uh, Simba never, he would have, Simba would have lived there forever. He never would have like, yeah, I wonder what's going on at
1: Pride Rock. Let's go check it out. No, he would have ignored that for the rest of his life and just compartmentalized it because that's what he did, right? He's like, cool, Hakuna Matata, fuck it. And Timon and Pumbaa would have done that too, right? Like they learn a lesson too about like, no, like some things are more important than Hakuna Matata. Like I got to support Simba.
0: Yeah, his line is literally when bad things happen, or when the world turns its back on you, you turn your back on the world. Like, no dude, come on.
1: Yeah. That's like, not the right answer.
0: You can't, you can't be doing that shit. But and I like- love
1: the thematic payoff of the Hakuna Matata thing. Cause it's like a super oh, yeah. fun song, but it's also like, no, he really does meet people who embody like completely opposing values that are, that those people ultimately have to grow out of. Like it's not, they're not saying that there's a lot of validity to Hakuna Matata. Like, it's like, yeah, enjoy your life but also like like, there are times where you're gonna have to do better um like timon and pumbaa going after him right
0: yeah and i think i think the the biggest part about them versus scars minions is they genuinely want to help versus the hyenas are just like what do we get out of this
1: yeah well the hyenas are like the you know the paid mercenaries no, exactly,
0: and that's what I'm saying. Like, Scar really, for what he thinks he has, he really, his grasp of power is extremely tentative. He even, like, tells Sarabi, like, dude, go find food. And she's like, um, there fucking isn't any. And he doesn't care. Like, he's just like, no, make it happen.
1: And I One, think... oh, go ahead, sorry.
0: No, you're fine. I think at the end of the day, the real truth is, yeah, he just, he had no fucking plan after taking the throne. He had no fucking plan. He had no idea what he was doing. He had, it's, it's all just, Oh, you know what I'm just realizing right now? Hmm. Scar is young Simba's mentality.
1: Well, exactly. That's what I was going to say. It's like all these themes pay, across, pay off across because Scar says, uh, when Sarabi's so like, "There's no food. We gotta go." He's like, "Cool." Or she says, "What are we gonna do? There's no food." And he's like, "We'll just fucking leave." Isn't that what he says? What's his plan?
0: No, she's like, "We have to leave Pride Rock," and he's like, "We're not leaving. This is like this. I'm king." Yeah, he "Yeah," and like, he says, "I'm the king." Keep us here or something like that. And he's like, "I'm the king. I can do whatever I want."
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, he's like, "Yeah, I can. Fuck you. Like I can do whatever I want. I'm the king." Exactly. He has young Simba's mentality and. He doesn't understand what it really means to be king and hold those responsibilities. And and I think that's how the resource mismanagement got so bad, because it's like, yeah, we just will overhunt everything like, fuck it, we're just going to abuse the circle of life, yeah. right? Like no respect for the way things are supposed to go, which is like why the bringing the hyenas in is like so fucked up, because now they've created a situation where like all the predators are like one giant pack. Like, that would fuck the savanna, right? If it was just one... Like, that's just... That oh, doesn't yeah, work. it'd be...
0: That's- no, it'd be absolute chaos. And another part of it is he's like, okay, <clears throat> only, like, three or four lionesses go out and hunt, right? But now yeah. he's got, like, all of these hyenas fucking all over the savanna.
1: Well, and I was thinking, he brought the hyenas into the Pride Lands, which means... The, like, the hyenas were already kind of, like, starving, like, which is obviously not, like, yeah. Savannah accurate, right? Like, packs of dogs do pretty good as far yeah, as hunters go. Right. They, do, they do better than big cats, right? As a rule. Um, even though lions do hunt in packs, which is unique among cats. Except for yeah. some cheetahs. Cheetahs are starting to do that now. Um, but it's, like, new that cheetahs hunt in pairs or threes now. It's, like, a new thing in the last couple of decades that they've seen. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they've brought everyone into the same territory is the problem. And so now there's too many predators to feed in this like one territory. Yeah, Whereas they used you're to fucking
0: up the ecosystem.
1: Yeah, exactly. He's trashing the ecosystem because he thinks he can do whatever he wants. Because he's like, Well, the lions eat just fine. So why shouldn't all the lions and the hyenas and everybody else just do whatever we want? Why can't we just all eat whatever we want and not work? And it's like, right, right. That totally makes sense. Like that's like what? <laughs> so they uh, i'm on board <laughs> yeah scar doesn't get it at all it's just like simba doesn't get it in the beginning well you're the king surely you can go anywhere you can do whatever you want it's like well no i have to respect these Mental boundaries order. and if you go over there you're gonna get killed and that's gonna be like legit like they have the right to kill you and like Sazu says like yeah, oh, yeah so so he doesn't understand the circle of life he doesn't understand what it means to be king so everybody kind of faces this like existential crisis around like what does responsibility mean like what does leadership mean oh yeah right we're like nala leaves to get help nala like takes action which like she could have a really cool like lion king one and three quarter movie about her decision oh yeah like Like, what it was like for
0: her after simba disappeared
1: yeah there should totally be a nala movie um and i don't know what it was
0: like growing up for scar like that's what i want to know like did their dad ignore him because he was weak or... well yeah
1: and he's not the firstborn son yeah he's the spare of the air oh, in the spare that's sad uh, hurts dude it's just like hot D all these second sons I know right like oh so cool but yeah Scar's an awesome bad guy like we totally understand his motivations it's all like complicated and he his failure to be a good king and to understand what it means to be a good king gets him killed and then like Simba takes his rightful place and, like, yep. gets, like, so majestic. And, and I love that Simba finds this, like, this way to uh, decompartmentalize yeah his identities and be, like, fun and goofy and himself and have a good time, but also, like, I'm the king and I'm going to, like, take these majestic steps up the fucking thing and, like...
0: Which is you know, literally and, the best fucking score.
1: And now. everyone oh cries. My, oh, my God, dude. Yeah, so, like...
0: Yeah.
1: So good.
0: So good, dude. God damn it. God so, damn you, there Can I ask you a question? Yes. Who's Nala's dad?
1: Yeah, let's talk about some fucking plot holes. Yeah. Um Rumor
0: Requirement Me.
1: Yeah, this oh. is the most glaring one. So yeah. of course, in, in real life, if this was a pride of lions, and also based on what we see in the movie.
0: Oh, in the whole movie?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, Mufasa is, is Nala's dad, of course. oh um, yeah, half sisters. Which is like fucking crazy, right? And now the way this should work in nature is that there's a dad over each pride, but like the boys of that pride leave to another pride to then become, like to make their own thing. Right. Which they almost do in Lion King too. Like they do talk about that. They're like, so we should peace now, right? Like now <laughs> we should go have a bunch of kids and make a pride. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 of course not. Let's continue the incest. So... <laughs> This is, like, not how the gene pool is supposed to work, uh, as, as Scar points out in the beginning. Like, there's He's just, the shallow end. Yeah. Yeah. So Scar's the only other option, right? It's the only other male lion. But usually it, it should be Mufasa. And so I'm like, okay, so what makes Simba so special? Like, is Sarabi Mufasa's wife and the rest are all his salt wives? And, like...
0: It's gotta be. Because she sleeps in sense. the cave with him. The other the other sleep at the entrance to the cave
1: yeah it's really weird like where do the other ki- like there's there's a lot of unanswered questions here but then in simba's pride they say that kovu who is not scar's son right he's the one who marries simba's daughter right. um but they say that he's not scar's son like a bunch of times even though he looks just like him uh yeah, and it's because i distinctly remember
0: him being scar's son
1: no, they say it like three times, like, even though Scar wasn't my dad, like, I was still his heir. And they talk about, like, the last of the lions to be born before Scar's death. Right. Like, they make it out like some of them should be Scar's kids, but not the one who's going to marry Simba's daughter, because then that makes it canon incest, because they're- Well, yeah, cousins.
0: then it makes it, like, confirmed. And by then, what, is it four years later, people would have been asking that question.
1: So well, so I think they would have been asking it then. It was this came out in two thousand and four. No, sorry, this was nineteen ninety eight. Christine was pride. No, I just I think they're trying like because they point that out so much. I think they're trying to say like we know that this is what we're presenting here, and we're just going to tell you it's not true, even though it's totally true. Because what are there other male lions like there? I we don't. There's not. Like, All the
0: lionesses are the ones that go out and hunting parties. We know that for a fact because Sarabi says it to Scar. So and they
1: show the pride like a lot. Like there aren't yeah. any other male lions. Like it's legitimately just Simba and Mufasa and Scar. So it I think it doesn't make sense, and they know that it doesn't make sense. And they are trying to avoid incest in your kids' movie, but also like this is what this looks like. There should there's just the one and they're just like, Oh, we don't know how to deal with that. So fuck you guys. Like yeah. we're not like just it's not incest and that's it that's the final word now for timon like before i watched one and a half and and remembered that that was about timon um i was like he must run like the meerkat mafia or something right like he's like what did you do wrong like he's very (laughs) like totally though right he's all like you can tell like he's done some shady shit like he's like yeah what did you do to get outcast like he's really like he asked him for this now in one and a half we get the backstory and it's basically his gross negligence as a member of meerkat society that gets him like ostracized and then he decides to leave the colony so what Mm. happens is they're like you can be on digging duty and he's like cool. and he tries to dig like a skylight or he he fucks up digging and the whole thing collapses and then they put him on watch duty where they have a great song about the hyenas Mm. uh that was the biggest banger of one and a half and um he like fails at hyena watch and it's, and it is like Shenzi and them that attack, which is fun. Mm. Uh, So he's like, sucks at being a meerkat and he's like, I fucking suck at being a meerkat guys. Like, I'm just going to bail on this whole thing. (laughs) And he just like leaves and is like, I'm going on a mission. And he runs into Rafiki and then he meets Pumbaa and then they raise Simba. So it's, yeah, basically just, he sucked at being a meerkat.
0: Good to know.
1: Kind of a lot like an ant. Except with like less redeeming qualities.
0: Oh, okay. God, I love that movie.
1: Yeah, Ants is pretty good.
0: Ants is so funny.
1: Um, So no thoughts, but just Nala's come fuck me eyes.
0: Oh, dude.
1: <laughs> just that's there. That's it's, the thing that happens. It's
0: literally right there
1: a real thing that we experienced in 1994 it was like our first yeah. like look at like this is what sex means is like that's that taught a generation of children what sex was was Nala's look in that moment
0: uh, my last little thing is about Frank Welker actually because we've been talking about like uh Simba's like growing understanding of like his roar and how the roar evolves with Simba and everything to let you guys know this is insane to me but Frank Welker, who is best known for his legendary voice work of over 900 different projects, including the original voice from 1962's Freddie Jones from Scooby-Doo. Hmm. He provided every lion roar in the entire movie. Not a single lion roar was real or a direct soundbite. He provided wow. all of them. And the reason he did that is he wanted every lion's roar to be individual and personal and different.
1: I can't believe a human made that sound.
0: I fucking can't either.
1: I can't believe it's not a computer. Like, I wasn't going to say it was a real lion. I just didn't didn't think it was some guy. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously it's like heavily edited, but yeah, that's fucking crazy. Wow. Mm -hmm. Lindsay, what'd you give this?
1: I gave this a 10 out of 10. This is a perfect movie. It's not. It. It doesn't hype me up enough to turn it up to eleven, even though I like. It is yeah. a perfect movie. There's like nothing about this that isn't great. Like I know that Mermaid wasn't eleven, right? Mm-hmm. For me, so well, I don't. Yeah. I don't have enough hype on it. I think to to hit the eleven, and I think there's going to be a lot more elevens coming. And we just had Jurassic oh, Park. So are. I'm and yeah. Jurassic Park, I turned up to like a my a first child
2: yeah
1: <laughs> i think so yeah so i thought i would just like keep things under like a on the level and give it the 10 out of 10 i also gave scar a 10 out of 10 best disney oh, bad guy here. i think i think he's oh, yeah. the best one yeah
0: i i um, don't think he's the best but i did give him a 10 out of 10 um he's
1: so far anyway i mean like i will have to yeah. see who i think is better but like i mean i know that i know that we've got uh hades coming and he's really good Yeah, yeah. but I kind of can't think of who's better than. I mean, I know you love Maleficent. I just, but I like the no, motivation. No, but that's different. That's, and that's the...
0: aesthetic and motivation and shit. Like, I, I aesthetically, just like I don't think it's the best looking. No, I know, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I totally agree with you. I gave him a 10 out of 10 as well. Um, movie wise, however, I actually gave this a 9.5 out of 10. I couldn't give All it a right. perfect 10, and the only reason for that is there are better songs. But the thing that's that kept fair. it from a nine. Instead of like a nine point five or whatever, like the thing that kept it above a nine was Hans Zimmer.
1: True, yeah. It's interesting how this has the best score and not the best mm-hmm. soundtrack. And you know who's missing? Obviously, Mankin. Um, yeah. And obviously Ashman by this point. Well,
0: uh, yeah, he's been dead like six years now.
1: No, I don't think that long because he still had he has like some credits on Aladdin, but uh, and oh, that's he has right. credits on Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. Um, but. But, yeah, we don't have Mankin, and we don't have uh, the other two guys who wrote most of the other Renaissance movies up to this point.
0: I almost said Rankin and Bass, and I fucking know that's not true.
1: That's not correct. I don't remember um, their
0: names. Shit. I
1: I'm a terrible know. co-host. Yeah, so you're supposed to be on the names. I know. Um, But, no, it's kind of a different different group of people working on Lion King than we've seen on most of the Renaissance. And, yeah, do they do not Do you think that's, like, a sign songs.
0: that... Um well no, because like we're gonna have to find that out when we get to the next movies.
1: A sign of what.
0: Like, is that what makes the movie better or worse is not having Minken involved? Because I don't think he's involved in Mulan.
1: Yeah, I don't think he is either. I'm um, almost
0: positive he's not involved in the Hunchback of Notre Dame.
1: Well, fuck that movie anyway. <clears throat> I don't like the I don't like Hunchback we're totally or I know we are, and I hate it. It'll be the first Disney movie that we cover that, like, really, I fucking she wish we weren't doing it. Hated like, it. I'm just yep. like, I fucking don't have. I am like,
0: it'll be the never-ending story, Disney edition.
1: Yeah, it will. Yeah, will. Which is what Dumbo would have been had we done Dumbo. Oh, God. Um. No, we can we can do it. Uh, yeah. But but no, I think that those guys are out basically from here on because we're gonna get Toy Story in 1995,
0: 1995 you guys. Is that one not movie. some
1: shit? Like that's No, we have many movies in 95.
0: No, I mean we only have one more movie till we get to 95.
1: Oh, yes, that's correct. Um and yeah, Toy Story came out the year before Hunchback. So chew on that shit. Uh Yeah,
0: but um Toy Story was music was written almost entirely by God, what's his name? They make fun of him in Family Guy all the time.
1: Oh, uh, I hate that guy.
0: (laughs) She takes a bat of the apple. (laughs)
1: One Uh, bat. Two bats. Randy Newman. (laughs) Yeah, Randy Newman. (laughs) God damn it! Oh, um, good lord. No, but but definitely the music declines after this movie, even though it's good in Mulan. There's no doubt it's good. It's in great Mulan, in Hercules, and Hercules, but yeah, it yeah. definitely
0: declines in Notre Dame, and I think uh, it's weird too because we get away from musicals for a while.
1: Disney's about to enter a new dark age, which yeah. will come around with basically around the same time as toy story like the good disney movies that came out after toy story are basically
0: hercules Hercules and mulan Mulan,
1: which came out in 97 98 so within three years of toy story coming out disney entered its next dark age uh because of the rise of pixar so we're about to get into like some of the most interesting stuff in disney history
0: yeah because that's when we get atlantis and treasure planet
1: yeah, and those all came out during like the and I know there are good movies that came out well, in no, that, that time, but Disney Everything's was in overshadowed
0: decline. by Pixar and then DreamWorks.
1: And, yeah. Yeah. And Disney just starts to decline around this time. So it's gonna be interesting to watch that happen through the end of the the Renaissance. And I always forget that the decline of Disney started during the Renaissance. Like effectively, like because yeah, it came of back around. Toy it was only like, choice. Well,
0: yeah,
1: and I'm not saying that the remaining Renaissance films aren't good, but the decline of Disney starts with the with the release of toy story. Mm-hmm. So the amount of overlap, I always used to think that toy story came out in 98, 99, which is when so toy I. story two came out. Yep. But yeah, it really starts in the mid nineties and marks the beginning of the end for Disney for a long time. So lots of interesting shit to come. What did you give the movie overall?
0: 9.5. You just
1: said this. All yeah. right. Uh, so lots of exciting <laughs> stuff to come. I'm fucking so fucked up from this holiday weekend. Yeah, you are. Like, (laughs) I'm like, who am I? (laughs) We're doing great. I'm going to get us out of here. Please do. I'm
0: going to get us right the fuck out of here. Like I said, guys, we made an executive decision. So as always, thank you all so much for joining us tonight. We hope you enjoyed yourselves and maybe even learned something. It's the first movie we've actually unanimously loved in a while. Um, but please do join us next week for Ace Ventura: Pet Detective. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as follow us on all of our social media. You can find the links for our sites and social media in the uh, episode descriptions. If you'd like to support the podcast, we encourage you to follow us on Patreon, where you can uh, catch our special quiz show, Rewind the Timeline, and make sure to check out our website for all the Timeline goodies, including our brand new feature, Request the Timeline. Let us know what you guys want to see, and we'll make it happen, Cap. But until then, guys, stay nerdy.